Welcome to the Go Home Show, episode 13. I'm your host, Jeremy Timmerman. Uh, I call this lucky number 13. A lot of people don't like that number. When I was growing up, I think it started when I was in the fifth grade, uh, the larger kids on the team, baseball team, uh, the, the jerseys were by size, so like one through four might be small, five through eight might be medium. So anyway, when you get up there over about 11 or 12, that was the size I needed because I was a taller kid. And uh, 13 was easy to get because nobody wanted it. Didn't have to fight anybody. And I got it in the fifth grade and had my best year. And so I just stuck with 13 from there. So I love number 13. Uh, we're going to jump right into the, the podcast. If, you, if you're new, I don't tend to do a lot of Raw or SmackDown recaps. There's plenty of, um, plenty of podcasts out there for that. Uh, I might break down a pay-per-view, but really just kind of doing overarching stuff, uh, try to keep it quick, and you just, just just really don't do a lot of match-by-match analysis. Uh, but today, um, the PWI 500 came out, uh, Pro Wrestling Insider. That's uh, a somewhat historic ranking, and it ranks all of the pro wrestlers in the world, obviously, because it's 500. Uh, the top 10 is, is public. The rest, you can subscribe to Pro Wrestling Insider. You only, they're online, or I think it's still in print. And... Um, it, the, the list will be available online uh, on, on some of your resource sites like uh, Internet Wrestling Database. You can go look at the historical ones there. Um, the top ten is all we have right now. Uh, Kenny Omega comes in at number one. He was number five last year. AJ Styles is number two. Kazuchika Okada was number one last year. He's number three this year. Brock Lesnar up to number four from 25. Seth Rollins up to number 16 from up to number five from 16. Braun Strowman coming in at number six. Uh, he's the biggest riser coming up from 34 last year. Roman Reigns was fourth last year. He's seventh this year. Cody Rhodes is eighth. He was 33 last year. Tetsuya Naito uh, is ninth. He was 12th last year in the Miz. Holding strong at 10th. Um, a little bit, a little bit about this list. First of all, the evaluation period runs from. If I'm understanding right, it runs from. July 31st of, of 2017 through June 30th of this year. So basically you lose the entire month of July. I don't know why they did that. Uh, that doesn't make a whole ton of sense to me. So uh, perhaps that's a mistake, but that's just the way it is. And they kind of, originally it was completely within kayfabe, from my understanding. It was completely uh, as though this is a real competition. So uh, there's obviously some remnants of that. That's why you see a Brock Lesnar at number four. I don't think anybody was blown away by any of his matches over that time period. I mean, just thinking back of which matches that would have been. That would have been SummerSlam last year. Um, let's see, who did Brock Lesnar face at SummerSlam last year? Um, I should be able to remember this, but I cannot. Was that a Braun Strowman match? Let's see. Anyway, uh, I don't think anybody would have been blown away with Brock Lesnar's year, but he held the company's top title for the entirety of that period. He won it before that time period started last year because he won it at WrestleMania, I believe it was, in 2017. And then he held it. He didn't lose it until after that time period ended in 2018. So when you look at it that way, you almost have to put him at number four. So that's, that's one that, it, you know, at first glance you would have a problem with. But when you understand the way they do it, they've still got some remnants of that uh, complete kayfabe where Brock Lesnar held the, the United States 
I mean, you you would have to say that the Universal Championship, whether we agree or not, is the United States' number one wrestling championship. WWE is clearly the country's top wrestling promotion, and Raw is their flagship show. The World Championship on Raw is the Universal Championship. So Brock Lesnar held the top title in the United States for the entirety of the... um, 2018 or 2017 2018 PWI rankings. Um, so, yes, Brock Lesnar's first match after he would, after this um, measurement period began, evaluation period began, would have been a fatal four way. That was actually pretty good. Um, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman versus Samoa Joe. That match was a really good match, 21 minute match. Um, but, it was mostly good while Brock wasn't there. I want to say that's the match where he got hurt, kayfabe, early in the match and left. Um, and then he came back later in the, and then he came back to win later in the evening. I want to say that is the, uh, that was when that happened. But either way, it's a, it was not a good year of Brock Lesnar matches. Um, even if he had some decent ones, because I, you know one of his next appearances after that would have been, I don't think he appeared at Night of Champions or Clash of Champions. So one of his next, yeah, he would have appeared at Clash of Champions. So that that would have been the night he faced. Um, he faced Braun Strowman at No Mercy. Um, he let's see, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have had a match at Hell in a Cell. He didn't have a match at TLC. Uh, let's see. Survivor Series. That was when he had a match against AJ Styles. That's right. Then Clash of Champions. Uh, he wasn't there. So, you know, we had a few decent Brock Lesnar matches. But anyway, the point of all of that was that Brock Lesnar um, didn't have a fantastic year results-wise. If you're just talking about, you know how highly rated these matches are. Most of them were forgettable at best. But when you look at achievements, which is kind of how this ranking started, was as a kayfabe ranking. Uh, that Brock Lesnar had the best year. The entire That entire year, he held the WWE's top championship, beat a lot of the top stars. He beat AJ Styles. He beat Roman Reigns. He beat Braun Strowman. I mean, that's three of the top seven talents in the world by their ranking. Brock Lesnar beat them. Um, so there's a little bit of that Kenny Omega, but see, then you have some other things that's like, I'm not really sure. Uh, a couple of guys in my wrestling group, uh, we kind of had a discussion about this today that what are the criteria? And it's kind of weird because if that's why Brock Lesnar's number four, why is Braun Strowman number six? He held a championship for exactly one day during that time period. He won money in the bank. He won the greatest Royal Rumble. But, like, on a worldwide stage, winning the Greatest Royal Rumble, what did it mean? Winning money in the bank, what did it mean? He's not a champion at the end of that evaluation period. He's got the tag team championship victory with Nicholas at WrestleMania. That's it. So, if it's winning kayfabe, Braun Strowman's been good, but he's also lost some matches to, like, Jinder Mahal by countout. Um... 
So having him at six and Brock Lesnar at four suggests that there's just some whims and some... It's a decent list. It's a decent conversation point. It's a cool to compare some of these guys. Um, Okada held the NJ, NJPW, or the IWGP title for a long time. Kenny Omega's obviously been involved in that. Uh, Seth Rollins, if I was ranking, he's number five here. He's my number one. Um, because I'm going to lean more towards who had the better matches, who had the better year in that time period. He was Intercontinental Champion. He was a tag team champion a couple times with Dean Ambrose. He's been involved in some in the Shield stuff. Um, a lot of the biggest, most important things in the WWE in this calendar year, week in and week out, Seth Rollins has been the biggest part of it, and he's had a lot of big wins over a lot of big-time talent, um, including just off of this list. Uh, he, beat, he beat The Miz um, for the Intercontinental Championship. Um, so I, that's, that would be my number one, but again, they, they have different standards for this list. Um, so that's just a little bit of background on that. Hopefully we can look at the rest of the list. Another thing that, that, uh, somebody in my group accidentally pointed out, he's not a new day fan and he pointed out, well, where's the new day? This list disproportionately kind of goes against tag team wrestlers because they're weighted as individuals instead of tag teams. For instance, in the 2015-16 list, by my count, the New Day would have held the, um, I think it was 2015-16, yeah. New Day would have had the only WWE Tag Team Championship for most of that year. New Day held it the entire, from they won it like August, Sometime in August at SummerSlam of 2015, and they held it all the way through the end of that year. And sometime around the time of those changes, I'm not exactly sure, around the time that the 2015-16 year would have changed over to 16-17 was the brand split, and we got new blue tag team belts, and New Day stayed on Raw for a little bit. But still, those... The, the New Day were had the sole WWE Tag Team Championships for the entirety of that year. And they were ranked like separately at you know, 38, 45, and 50, I think it was. So, again, if championships, if we're talking about kayfabe, and then the next year, New Day held uh, Tag Team Championships for about four months, and they were the MCs of WrestleMania 33, and... They had, when the, when the 16-17 year was ending, they were um, in a really red-hot feud with the Usos. They were like ranked 58-72 to 72 or something like that. So it, it kind of disproportionately hurts tag team guys because they're weighed individually. What's Kofi Kingston been individually over the last few years? Not much. What's he been as a tag team? One of the top talents in the world. So it it's a conversation piece, but I would never... Uh, put the PWI top, the PWI 500 as a be-all, end-all ranking because th- there's some flaws to it. So that's that's what I've got about that. I will get into one. There is a women's ranking. It's a top 100, I believe it is. That uh, I, I don't I haven't seen any of that come available yet, but I would imagine that the WWE would be heavily represented on that with Charlotte. 
Uh, Asuka is probably going to be not as high as you'd want her to be. Um, thinking back, because most of that year, she would have been on the main roster not winning. so Or not winning championships. So she, I would expect her in the top 10, but not as high as a lot of people would want her. I would expect Alexa will be higher than most people will want her because she spent most of that year with a title in her hands. Um, Charlotte's probably up there pretty high, just out of the WWE women, and I'm not sure. Uh, women's wrestling in other countries, particularly over in Japan, is not as, I don't want to say as, as high up there, but I just, I think you'll see a lot of WWE and NXT talent in that top 100, um, with a couple of exceptions, maybe, maybe in the low 10s, down into the 20s, but that's just me spitballing. Uh, women's wrestling is the next direction I'm going to go. Uh, last week I talked mostly about stuff going on on Raw. This week I'm going to talk about the hot topic from SmackDown, which to me has been the Becky Lynch heel turn. Now, uh, the interactions that I've had on the interwebs about the Becky Lynch heel turn have been really funny to me. Because for me, Becky Lynch turning heel has been something they've been telegraphing for weeks. I believe it was Charlotte shortly after she returned to television uh, a few weeks back. It might not have even been Charlotte. It might have been somebody else was getting attacked and Becky didn't come save her. And, and, and the, I think it was, again, I think it was Charlotte. She said, you know, where were you Becky? And she was like, oh, I was back in, in catering. The, the quinoa was so good. And I just, I was distracted by the quinoa. And that was just kind of rolled off as a, a lot of people took that as a comedic thing. But I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then if you've watched Becky, and I would encourage you if you haven't done this, go back and, I mean, I'm not saying like study every segment, but find you, just over the last, you know, couple months, find you some segments where Charlotte's talking about them working together and, and Becky's reactions have not been warm. Um, she hasn't been pleased. And so this has been a build. I've seen it coming that Becky was going to turn heel on Charlotte. I didn't know how it was going to manifest itself. But Charlotte's return, and, and see, a lot of people, and some, some adults, that, that I'm not sure how, how as an adult you get this wrapped up emotionally in these characters. But, but remember, Becky Lynch is a character. Um, she, she is a, a, an on-screen person, and she's excellent. And I really like Becky Lynch as, a, as an in-ring performer. But remember, that's not her, right? Like, Becky Lynch is not a person. Becky Lynch is a character to be used by writers to tell a story. Rebecca Quinn is the person. Rebecca Quinn is the hard worker behind the scenes that busts her tail to win championships. And Rebecca Quinn right now is telling a story that Becky Lynch is a heel. And here's, here's the, the confusion that people have. They'll say, well, well Charlotte came in and, and took Becky's opportunity. Well, that's, that's true. That's what happened. Uh, Becky Lynch earned a spot against Carmella in the SmackDown Women's Championship match at SummerSlam. And then Charlotte returned and she got an opportunity and took it and she jumped in that match and then she won that match fair and square. 
But a lot of people let their emotions get involved, that Charlotte wins too much, and Charlotte has done, she has too many opportunities, and and so Becky was right. Well, And yes, Becky was justifiably jealous and upset. Becky Lynch, the character, was justifiably upset to have Charlotte do that. But again, it's not Charlotte's job to make sure Becky gets opportunities. Charlotte's job is to win championships, if we're inside the story. And she's done that. And Becky was right to be upset, but then she, Becky, the heel character, made a choice to attack her friend Charlotte. She hugged her, she congratulated her, and then she stabbed her in the back. That's a very heel thing to do. So fans can boo, fans can cheer, they're free to do any of those things. But Becky Lynch, the character, is a heel and she did a heel thing. And then another thing people were reacting to was that the next... You know, a couple days after that on SmackDown, Becky's in the ring and she's talking about the fans and where were they when she was struggling. First of all, I think that Becky Lynch, the character, was correct. I don't recall seeing a lot of clamoring online for Becky to get more opportunities. It wasn't until Becky Lynch, the character, started turning a little bit and started showing some frustration that fans went, Man, she's right. Charlotte gets too many opportunities. You're getting worked, people. If you're one of the people that's getting upset about all this, they're working you. Becky Lynch, the character, is really good at this. She's turning this heel. But then she's got to get the fans off of her side as best she can. She's got to turn on the fans. and She's going to say, listen, where were you when all of these things were happening? Now, I don't think she's wrong. I think she's correct. I think fans didn't really weren't that interested in her. She had heard that character, that face character had grown stale. And fans weren't all that interested in her. And then she turned heel and it was interesting. It's new. It's exciting. And now you're fired up and you want Becky Lynch to get her shot. And she's going, wait a second. Where were you when I was, you know, just getting shoved to the back of the line and Asuka and Carmella and, and Alexa and Charlotte and all these other people were getting their chances and Naomi's in there and all kinds of people. Where am I? I'm just at the back of the line. None of you were really clamoring for me to have any uh, any opportunities then. I don't think she's wrong. But even if she is, heels do that all the time. That's what she's telling is a story that, that Rebecca Quinn is telling us a story that Becky Lynch, the character, has snapped a little bit. She's had enough. She feels... And we've all been there. And as real people, when we're upset about something, when we feel like we've been shortchanged, we kind of overlook the facts sometimes. So you might be one of those fans who say, no, 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 no. Fans had your back, Becky. I was a Becky Lynch fan. And, and I was cheering for you. This is bullcrap that they're sending Becky Lynch. This is a real conversation I had on Twitter, people, about somebody who was like, this is bull. We, we supported her. You know, the fact that they're forcing her to go out there and turn on the fans just to get booed. I'm not going to boo. I'm still a Becky supporter. Well, that's fine. You can be a Becky Lynch supporter. But right now she's a heel. And she's doing, the, she's doing heel things. And I think it works. Jim Ross disagrees with me. That probably means I'm wrong. Because Jim Ross knows more about the business. He forgot more about the business today than I ever knew about the business. But to me, Rebecca Quinn is telling a story with Becky Lynch that I like. Uh, Jim Ross says Becky Lynch is a face. Charlotte's a heel. I say he's wrong. You know why? Because Becky Lynch is the heel right now. 
That's the story they're telling. And the re and what he's talking about, that Becky Lynch is supposed to be the face and Charlotte's supposed to be the heel, is exactly why they did it. They did it to do something different. We were all expecting Charlotte to be the heel. We want Charlotte to be the heel. We were expecting Becky to be the face. We want Becky to be the face. They want to do something different. If Charlotte's the heel and Becky's the face right now, I'm not committing half of a podcast episode to it. Jim Ross isn't spending five, ten minutes of his podcast to talk about it. Ryan Satin with uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet and uh, Wrestling Sheet Radio, he's not spending half of his week conversing with fans online about it. And that's why they did it, because we're talking about it. The fact that we can, we have talked collectively, the wrestling world has talked about Becky Lynch and Charlotte more than we would have talked about it if it was the reverse is exactly why they did it. And it's what makes it brilliant, and I'm excited to see where they go with it from here. So that's, I'm gonna, that's what I'm going to talk about today. Hope you guys enjoyed it, and uh, thanks for listening. Uh, if, you have, if you're not currently doing it, check us out on iTunes and give me a review, and I'll see you next week.